Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money. Whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. Welcome to Money Tips. And today I have a very special guest all the way from Toronto in Canada. His name is Jake Jazz Tacker. I knew I'd get the name wrong somewhere. No, you got it actually right. That was awesome. The last name is where people <laughs> usually have a problem. They usually go to car and take car. And the truth of the matter is, Charles, at the end of the day, I don't care what you call me, as long as you call me, my man. Great, great. Well, lovely to meet you. And uh, Jazz has been in the, the, the sales and service industry for over 26 years. Soon after getting into sales, he went into real estate, co-founded the REC, and over the course of the following 16 years, successfully propelled it to number two position in Canada under Royal LePage in 2020. Got 40 staff, 40 realtors, 11 support staff. He's one of the top real estate people in the country. And he's, he also brought out a book called Real Estate Intelligence. So what Jazz doesn't know about real estate in Canada, particularly in the GTA, Greater Toronto area, is probably not worth knowing. He also has a, a live show on Instagram called The Nightcap with Jazz. And, you know, you put out a lot of great stuff, Jazz, free stuff to people. I think you said in one of your podcasts, you've kind of got to where you want to be and you want to help other people get there as well. And I think that's your philosophy, giving out good stuff. Yeah, look, um, I my cup is full now, Charles, um, from from the perspective of, of this, this industry in sales. It's been 26 years for me now. Um, it's my cup is not only full, it's actually overflowing. And there was mentors in my life that took me under their wing. And, and now it's my time to pay back, like to pay it back. And, you know, I got some young people, like really young people around me, half my age to be exact, right? Like my, my executive assistant, Gedalina, um, AKA Roro, um, just turned 19, but you know, she handles herself like she's like, a lot older than that, right? Um, my 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 star protege, uh, Luke, uh, sit like he 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 was my executive assistant. Now he's in sales. He's in he's twenty, and it's just an amazing. It's an amazing place to be to watch the growth of not only them two, but like my support staff, the eleven that you mentioned, and, and you did a great job on the bio. So thank you for that. Um, but my out of my forty one realtors, I'm not connected necessarily with all of them um, at, at the level that I'm connected with, with with my support staff because my real real estate agents on our team, they're out and about on the road. But I would say half of them have been with us for probably coming up to 12, 13 years. I've been in real estate for 16 years. So out of which those 12, 13 years, I've got to see these guys and gals grow. And that's just, that's just a, a really fun place for me to be. I always tell people that um, this is not something that I have to do anymore. It's something that I get to do. And so um, it doesn't seem like work. 
Um, it, it truly is my passion now. And, and, I, and that's kind of the messaging that I like to put out there, right? I mean, I obviously talk a lot. Like I produce 20 to 23 pieces of content a day on all of the platform, on all the platforms, right? Now, out of which I'm going to say 50% is really uh, real estate related, how to buy, how to sell, how to invest on your own, because my macro thesis on on lead business development is lead with education. Give away all the information up front, all those trade secrets, and allow people to make a quality informed decision themselves. Now, the other 50% of the content that I produce is documenting my journey, right? And it truly is like, I, you know, I get asked a lot, like, what is the destination is like, there is no destination from like, I have no idea. Like, you know, today's you know time of this recording, it's Wednesday. I got some, some stuff scheduled in, i.e. this podcast and some other comments, but I leave a lot of empty, um, empty uh, uh, time slots because that's when I get to play and be creative. And, 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 and that's what I'm documenting through vlogs and my podcast. And, you know, I run a, a live Q&A every Wednesday as well on YouTube where I just take salespeople's questions because that's been 26 years for me, right? And so now that's one of the ways that I'm giving back. And as you find your passion, what you'll realize is that it's going to keep you up at night. It's going to spring you out of bed. But I would rather have that than, 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 than coming into work and just waiting for the weekend. Like, I hate Fridays because I know on Saturday I'm going to have 50% of my staff. Sunday nights, Sunday I take off all day for my family, but Sunday nights around 7 p.m. I'm my caged animal because I can't wait for Monday morning. Why? Because I've been waiting for this my whole life. Like, I've been waiting to speak to Charles and your viewers and your listeners um, as, as, as I'm sure your listeners are going to be able to tell real quick, I like the sound of my own voice as well. Right. So, um, I'm not, I'm definitely not shy of producing content. No, no. And you're, you're a very good speaker. You come out with some great stuff and I, I noticed you give away a lot of free information. You don't, you're not always promoting yourself every other line. So, so that's great. But well, and then the cool thing, and the cool thing with that, Charles, not to cut you off, I mean, I, for any, any business owner or salesperson listening, that has been the secret sauce, really. It takes time, though. It takes time for people to get over the fact that you truly are, and truly are leading with education. Like, there's a book, the book that you mentioned. I don't charge for that book. I don't charge for anything. I don't have anything to sell you other than if you're thinking about investing into Toronto. That's it. That's the only thing. And and even then, that book that I'm talking that that you spoke about, real estate intelligence. It's not only free, but it actually teaches you how to do it on your own without a broker. Now, somebody might be listening and say, okay, well, well, why would you do that? Well, A, if I have an educated client in front of me, it's a lot easier to work. I'm a little lazy in that sense. I don't, like, I'd rather give you the, all the information. You're educated. You can make that quality informed decision now. You're going to be easier to work with. But also, I know that. 99% of people, 98% of the people I know in, in, in Canada, in our nation, would always use the services of a realtor. 
And those 2% that are going to do it on their own, like why am I chasing 2% when 98% of the population would always use the help of a realtor? But now they want to be educated first. They don't want to be sold to. So this this thought from salespeople that you got to hold everything close to your chest. I mean, if you just give it all away, you will be amazed, amazed at the amount of people that will start to want to be in your world. They're going to want to be in around you because they know that you're the trusted authority. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. So talking about the real estate market there in the, the Toronto area, um, I understand it's hot. Um, I, I, I think on one of your podcasts recently, you said that an area, I think it was called the Bramptons, had gone up by 35%. Yep. And it's amazing. And, and also you look at the inventory. We don't call it inventory here, but the amount of time property has been on sale. And, and in some areas, it's you've only got like a week's inventory left and stuff is selling within 18 days. It's incredible. Yeah. So you're speaking about a, 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 sub, a suburb of uh, the greater Toronto area. So uh, for... For your listeners, um, it, th- that's a 75-kilometer radius, 50-mile radius. There's approximately 6.7 million people in that in that radius, um, and and that part in Brampton is is approximately a 30-minute drive from downtown Toronto over to Brampton. And what we do look at is exactly what you said, Charles. So, like, if you were to, you know, plot me down in London, England, the first question I'm going to ask somebody if I want to know what kind of, like, what what's happening in the real estate market is months of inventory. And, and how do we calculate months of inventory? We do that by saying, okay, if all the homes that are on the market right now, homes and condos and flats, all that, if, if they all sold based on the month, the previous month, how how many weeks or months do we actually have left of inventory if no one was to put up their home or condo for sale starting today? So right now in, in the GTA as a total, not just taking Brampton, not just taking Toronto, that whole 75 kilometer radius, we are under a month on average. So it's a little over three weeks, okay? Well, why is that important? Because that tells us what type of real estate market we're in. Are we in a seller's market, a balanced market, or a buyer's market? If you have zero to three months of inventory, you're in a seller's market. Three and a half to say five and a half months, you're in a balanced market. Six months and above, you're in a buyer's market. So when I say to people that we have three weeks of inventory, when someone tells me that there's three weeks of inventory, you're in one of the hottest seller markets in history. 16 years that I've been doing this, Charles, the GTA, the lowest I ever saw it was a month. Um, And there was a time, actually, for a month, I saw it at three weeks of inventory. This has been going on now for the last four months, right? right? In the height of a pandemic in the height of a lockdown when the borders are shut down. And so people would ask, well, well, why is that happening? And how is that happening? Basic supply and demand. Yes, we don't necessarily have, yet, like, we don't necessarily have people coming in yet, but, but the GTA, the Toronto market, is, we're really built on an island here. Can't build on the south of us because we have the lake. So we haven't figured out what Dubai has, which is build on water. We haven't got there yet. On the northern part of our city, 
We have what's known as a, a, a green belt legislation. It was put in place about 15, 16 years ago that restricts yeah. restricts developers to build so we can preserve that land. But what that's you have the same there. What is it called there? Just out of curiosity. Green Belt. It's called the Green oh, Belt. Oh, same thing. It's called the Green Belt. Awesome. I love that. Okay, awesome, awesome. Made it really easy on me. Thank you. Um, so the, you have this Green Belt on the northern part of, of, of the city, and and you can no longer, developers can no longer build subdivisions of townhomes and homes. Like when I say they can't build them, they're still building townhomes and, and, and semi-detached, detached homes, but at a very slow pace. There's just not enough land. Hence why you see a lot of cranes. In fact, Toronto is number two in the world with the amount of cranes that are in the sky right now because it's the only way that you can build, right? And, and, and so to me, the, to me, it always comes down to, when we're speaking about the real estate market, basic supply and demand. How many people do you have coming in and, and how many homes are you building? Our condos are new building. We have approximately, at the time of this recording, and once borders start to open up, Immigration Canada wants to speed up immigration, the process of immigration, because of the fact that for a year, uh, in 2020, we were 85% down in, in, in the amount of people that came in compared to 2019. And so they're going to allow 400,000 people to come in year over year for the next three years. So the next three years, we're going to have an extra 1.2 million people. Great. We're going to spur on. We're going to, and, and, and look, like, I mean, your, your first impression was like, that's amazing, which it is. The only problem is, though, we don't have enough homes and condos for them. So for that one and a half million people that are coming, you need approximately, I would say, close to uh, four to 500 homes. Right. Um, and call it even 250 on the low end. Right. Um, in three years on a good year, on a good year, we've done about 40,000. On average, we do 27,000 to 30,000 homes we built. So this is going to be a major, major concern and a major problem. I used to use the word that it was an epidemic, but then this pandemic came and I said, maybe I shouldn't use the that verbiage anymore but um it truly was an epidemic here we just it, like the 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 government in my opinion and i don't blame them um because it, this is tough right like what do you do with the green belt legislation what do you do with the fact that um it's going to be tough to build well i mean there's one thing that they can do in my opinion which is uh loosen up the red tape loosen up the red tape because it takes 10 years from a shovel, sorry, when an application gets put in to when the building gets built. In Manhattan, they do it in two and a half, three years, right? So we're a little slow on that sense. Yeah, we have a similar problem here with the green belt and this 10 years before the shovel goes in the ground. It's, it's very similar here, actually, and we need to build more homes. So the government here is trying to reduce that red tape. Now, I'm a former councillor. I used to sit on a council on a planning committee and councils like to control things. They don't like the government telling them you've got to allow people to build more homes. So they're, they're up in arms about it, but they are uh, re relieving these planning restrictions that have stopped building. And they're also looking at the green belt, which doesn't, it's not, it doesn't uh, give them many voters because a lot of people who live in the, the green belt don't want anything built there, but it, something has to give. The, the, this green belt was set up in the 1950s and something has to give. It's like a, Wow. Cooker. 
Yeah, so I mean, when you say yeah. ours, ours was at least 15, 16 years ago. I mean, 1950s, I mean, so much has changed. Yeah. So I'm surprised it goes back that far. I mean, this, as I said, this causes a problem and a concern. I mean, it truly is a massive uh, uh, issue for home, first time home buyers, right? Home buyers, affordable yeah. housing, like that's not that 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 doesn't come easily here in, in the GTA. But it's great for investors, in my opinion. Why? Because you know values, the trajectory of values is continuing upwards, right? As long as, as long as, and this is what I talk a lot about in my content, as long as you're thinking of real estate in, for the long term, you're thinking about it from the perspective of creating wealth. And again, in my opinion, that means looking at real estate in a 10-year window. Um, if you look at a 10-year window in the greater Toronto area, you're seeing average increases of year-over-year uh, year of about 7.3% in the last 10 years, right? Year-over-year. Year. Um, and, look, I mean, the, the, it, those kind of returns are, are – are, they don't come by often in other types of investments um, no. where, where you're also able to leverage and, and, and put as low as 20% down, right? Yeah, yeah. You can't leverage on shares, you know, when, when the, the bank are not going to give you money to put into Amazon shares. So property is one of the few areas, as, as I always talk about. Uh, but it's, it's interesting. I saw another video of yours where you said you suggested that people might have to subsidize buying a rental property by $100 a month. So you asked people, would they buy a rental property where they had to pay an additional hundred dollars a month to to pay the mortgage and people say no 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 but i remember the days when you had to do that and one of the, the key factors in that was high interest rates because when when you got interest rates at 12 15 percent it's very difficult to make any profit on the rental when you're borrowing money so it's interesting that you you mentioned that and why not subsidize it if you're going to get the future growth rates well look i mean even i would even go i would even go as far as saying say you have to pay a couple of hundred dollars a month right now if you're getting into five six hundred dollars a month for you to carry uh the expenses on a property i probably wouldn't advise that why because you can find something that you're only paying a hundred or two hundred dollars a month and there's still properties where you can pay nothing and it's neutral cash flow but the reason i you know, it, uh, I, I speak about that a lot is because if you can pay a hundred two hundred dollars a month out of your pocket but own an asset of $500,000. To me, the question is not if you should do it, it's how many times can you do it? Because yeah. I'm only paying $200 a month out of my pocket and I own an asset that's 500,000, 700, whatever the number is, right? I pay you know, over $1,000 a month for my car and it loses me money. Like it's, yeah. and, and, and then, and then if you know, there's four people around me right now, if us four people went for a coffee, Right. Uh, sorry for, for 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 drinks and some nachos and some burgers. I have a feeling it's going to be a little over two hundred bucks, right? And and so we complain about that, but then when it's actually going from your left pocket into your right pocket because you're paying down the mortgage, it doesn't seem right to people. And so I've just seen so many investors win win by saying two hundred bucks a month. Well, why wouldn't I? I have a five hundred thousand dollar property. If the average increase on that $500,000 for easy math, it's Wednesday morning for Jazzy, let's say 5%. 5% 5 on $500,000 is $25,000. So in year one, I make $25,000, pay out $200 a month. That's $2,400 a month. Yeah, it makes sense to me because I'm walking out of this investment $22,000 
uh, uh, richer. And so, however, people only focus on that $200, right? And so, and that's just year one. Because as, as Albert Einstein said, the best invention in the world was compound interest. And that is true because year two, that 5% is not on 500,000, it's on 525,000. And the numbers just get better. However, you know, I've got a new video coming out probably either later today or tomorrow, which is speaking about not getting caught up on social media, YouTube, podcasts, all of that. That pushes get rich quick. Because there's no, we know this. So I was like, there is no get rich scheme legally, anyways, right? Unless you're into selling drugs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can make some quick, quick, quick money. I'm sure, right? But in real estate and in business, the ones that have lasted is because they take that slow and steady approach, right? It's that, it's that old story of the the tortoise and the hare. We all know who won the race, right? Just slow and steady returns over time will create massive wealth for you, either in real estate or in business. I, I agree. And, and the fundamentals are there for investing in property, like the demand, you're going to have an increased population, more immigration. People are living longer, families, all, all these fundamentals are this. There's a shortage of housing in this country and in your country. So that, that will continue. And also Canada, the economic fundamentals are there. They, they have tremendous mineral wealth. There's, you can see a good future for Canada, which is why so many people want to, to go there and migrate to Canada. So the fundamentals are there for investing in property. So, so why not? Uh, I mean, people put $200, $300, $500 a month into mutual funds and pensions, and they don't see a very good return often from those, those investments. So why not put it into your, your property? So I, I think it's a good point, which which I suppose you're not getting very I was gonna I was going to ask you what sort of yield would you get on a rental property, but I guess in, in downtown hot areas it's gonna be nothing. Uh, but but rents are likely to go up. If you if the population is going up, I'm yeah. sure rent will, there'll be pressure on rents to go up. Well, hundred percent, right? Because what's gonna happen is as values go up, we're seeing it already, and this has been kind of really the story way before this lockdown we had a little blip within uh within the lockdown for the first month where we for the first two months where we didn't see values really increase i was just happy that values didn't decrease i was really excited except except that we did see a decrease in downtown toronto condos we did yeah. see that okay they actually went down in value for the first time in 16 years that i've been doing this um they went down by 10 percent Okay, and I was screaming from the rooftops, telling people, guys, real estate just went on sale because and and not many people are listening. But I mean, those are generally the same people that if shoes went on sale by 50 percent, they'll line up for two hours during their lunch break to go buy those pair of shoes for 50% off that were marked up before. Like we get the marketing around that, but real estate went on sale in downtown Toronto condos for all of 2020. Well, lockdown March to end of December, January, we started to see the rebound. So I said to you 10%, it right now in the mid of the, the, the time of this recording, mid-March, we, we values are 6% less than what they were pre-COVID, meaning that the people who bought when it hit at 10%, they just made 4% on their money, right? And so, and, and, and so over that, over though, in the, like all over the GTA, homes, condos, townhomes, we saw a 13 per, 13.1% 
increase on property values on average. If you account for the passive appreciation on a property, the principal pay down, meaning how much your mortgage got paid down, not the interest, just the principal, as well as the cash flow, because sometimes, they, a lot of times they are neutral, Charles, but let's just say you have to pay. You're still looking at approximately a 25 to 26% year over year return on your investment. Taking all that into account, like taking all the ways that you went in real estate into account, and I didn't even speak about the tax strategies because you know I'm not an accountant, but I can tell you there's a lot of tax benefits with, with being an investor in real estate. In terms of what you said uh, to tenants, with tenants, see, as values go up, it's harder for those tenants to become purchasers. Great for investors. If interest rates go up, guess what happens? Yeah, I might see a little drop in values. However, the cost of borrowing is higher, which makes it harder for tenants to become homeowners and they stay as tenants, which is, again, is great for investors. Sure. And if, if 400,000 people a year are coming in, um, years ago, I had a business recruiting nurses and one of their favorite destinations was, was, was Canada because Canada had a favorable system for, for giving people long-term residency and citizenship. But we, we mainly recruited them for the UK. But uh, Canada was a popular destination. But So when they come into the country, initially, they'll probably be sharing a house in a room, uh, in a room situation and uh, you, you have that as well. And then yeah, like, buy, go ahead. Yeah, eventually they'll want to rent their own place and then get a family and, and buy, yeah. A hundred percent. Like, I mean, when newer families come from outside of Canada, I mean, I think I think where they start is either like a, a purpose rent rental building um, that were built back like in the uh, late 70s, mid 70s to, to, to 80s or they go into basement apartments. That's kind of the East Indian special where we go to people's, ba- we, we, we go into the basement apartment and then the dream becomes to be the landlord and build the basement apartment. That's why in that area of Brampton, just funny that you mentioned it, that's a heavily weighed um, East Indian uh, uh, population, right? It's very similar. That's what your parents did. That's what my parents did. My parents came from India in 1974. My father was a taxi driver his whole life. My mother was uh, a factory worker her whole life, grade four, grade eight education. God bless my mother, who even with her grade four education, she caught on to renting out basement apartments. So they did rent it to, uh, they originally rented, um, I was born in an apartment building and they saved up and scratched up enough money for a down payment, bought a property, but made sure that it had a basement apartment. Now, because they didn't really know anybody here, didn't trust anybody, the first family that they sponsored over from India, which was her brother, moved right into the basement apartment. And obviously they got a deal because it was her brother, but it was yeah. a, uh, he wasn't married at that time. But came in, paid like maybe $450 a month. We're talking about 1982. $450 a month was, you know, it, it, it paid for the property tax and the utilities back then, right? Um, the next home that we bought didn't have a basement apartment, but my mother knew, built it as quickly as possible, built it. I think it cost us back then, built uh, 1993. She paid about 20, 18 to 20,000 to build up uh, the basement apartment, rented it out for $700 a month, wow. made back her money in a few years, and then everything else was a bonus. 
three boys. I'm the youngest of three boys. I mean, we didn't have we didn't have everything, but we also didn't have any like nothing, right? We were kind of lower middle class, I guess you can kind of say. Um, and and how did she pay for the three boys' soccer tournaments and well football tournaments for you guys? Um, how did she pay all that? Was through renting out the basement, right? It was always right, and she was just. Why I said like God bless my God bless my mother because she always knew one thing: charge a little less rent than everybody else, have a lineup of tenants so you can cherry pick the best tenant. Rather than what I, some landlords do is ask for a little bit more money more than market because they don't want to because it's all about the cash flow. I don't want to miss. Well, what if you like you can rent it out. At, at, at like market rent or higher than market rent. But if that tenant only pays you for three months out of the year, what good is that to you, yeah. right? I would rather cherry pick more tenants. And so, and my mom, my mom always looked at it as customer service. She never looked at it as the tenant is beneath her because she's the landlord, which served a, like a ma- major role in how long those tenants stayed. Yeah, we weren't able to increase the rent as much because you weren't getting a steady, like you weren't bringing in new tenants. But my mom also didn't have to worry about repainting the house, redoing the basement every time a new tenant came in because the tenants didn't want to leave. We only had uh, uh, one uh, washer and dryer, which was on the main floor. So it wasn't the most convenient for a tenant or even us. But my mother always said to the tenant, you know, Anytime you want to come upstairs and wash your clothes is okay with us. Just give us a call. We'll come unlock the door and you can come upstairs. Um, tenants love that. They just, they, 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 she thought of them as customers. She thought of them as customers. She thought of herself as a business owner. And this is a grade four educated, uh, uneducated uh, uh, factory worker that just kind of figured out how to pinch pennies really, really early. Yeah, amazing. Because in those days, there weren't, there weren't so many courses around on and she probably didn't have your book to read and she just worked it out for herself. And just, she just knew to be nice to them, right? That's all. My parents come from an immigrant background as well and they always had this goal in mind to buy their own house and that's what most immigrants do. In fact, one of your compatriots, Brian Tracy, once talked about immigrants. He said, because, uh, you know, when, when you think of your parents going to Canada in the 70s, there was a big recession on and things were bad and they didn't think about that. And Brian Tracy once said, one of the reasons why immigrants do so well is that when they, they come to the country, a lot of them can barely speak English. So they're not watching the news and reading the paper. So they're not seeing all the bad news. So they're just getting on with things. And people say, have you heard about the recession? They say, no, what recession? <laughs> and this is, what does it even mean? <laughs> like they, they, like they uh, I, you know, I, I know who Brian Tracy is. I've never heard him say that, but wow, does that ever really really resonate with me because it is true because i talk a lot about especially during uh uh, the first part of the lockdown is you need to get to a place where you can shut out the noise and there's the external noise of media in my opinion which look i mean it's not their fault their job is not to decipher what goes into your brain that's your job their job is to sell newspapers and clicks and so i'm not surprised that look Negative news will always sell if it bleeds, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Like if you walk past um, a newsstand, you know, when they're, when people did that, um, you, if you saw on the front page of 
the, the, the newspaper, it's going to be a beautiful, sunny day. You'll look at it and you'll walk past it. If sure. it said, it's going to be a stormy, cold, st- winter, you know, hail is coming down. You're picking up that newspaper because you want to start to protect yourself. And so yeah. they know that. They're very fantastic. Like they're amazing marketers. But it's our job to decipher. And look, as as you know, as Brian Tracy said it, I mean, my father and mother did not know English. Like maybe one or two words, and it's usually a swear word, right? Um, it is what they pick up on. But they would never have known what the heck a recession is, right? And yeah. and and hence why first job they found dad was trying. We actually worked at a meat market for a couple of months, um, and then taxi driving taxi figured out it's a cash job it's in high demand people need it my mom got a job at a factory and i don't think she ever well yeah she never left that 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 place for i think 20 years 22 years right because it was all about all about saving as much as they possibly could now knowing what i know now unfortunately where the the lack of education affected them was was they never refinanced all that equity in their home. They gave us everything that they possibly could. And I'm over, like when I say my cup is overflowing, it's because I was I was loved so much. And I still am. I'm the I'm the baby of the three, right? I'm I'm I'm, I'm loved more than any one of them. And they'll probably be listening to this and they know that as well, yeah. my brothers. Um, um, that they, because they didn't have the education, uh, education, and they were always scared, they never refinanced the property because we could have had seven. Yeah, right. They did everything they possibly could, but we could have had a little bit more. Now that's our job because because to to mitigate that risk, education will always mitigate risk. They just didn't even know where to find it, and that's why I'm out there loud. I'm the I'm the good-looking Indian guy that's always waving his hands and getting loud with people through my content as much as I possibly can because I'm hoping to inspire one person to get even one income property. Principal residence, great. That's awesome. You live there, know that it's not an asset. It is a liability because it costs you money every single month to maintain. If you can just get one income property, I love big goals. I love big dreamers who want a thousand properties. That's awesome. But know that one property could change your life as well. Sure. Great story. My, my parents were the same. Their, their goal was to pay that mortgage off as soon as possible and be mortgage debt free. They didn't think about leverage. And if I said to my parents, look, you could borrow that money and get another, no, no, we're not doing that. You know, they just wouldn't do it. But that's great. I mean, typically then, if you were buying a property in for rental in Canada, what sort of mortgage could you get? An 80% mortgage? You have to put 20% down? Yeah. So as an investor, our laws here uh, with, with uh, uh, the lenders is that, and the rules, sorry, are uh, 20% down as an investor. So you get uh, 80% loan to value. Um, so yeah. for, for your listeners, if you're buying a $500,000 home, you're going to put down $100,000 and the bank or a lender um, would give you uh, the $400,000 mortgage. And the rates are pretty good at the moment. I think you, you were talking about fantastic. fixed. Yeah. Well, for five years right now, you can get a five-year fixed mortgage for about 1.6%. Never like, 
it's it's incredible free it's practically free right i I always tell the story that uh, my first home i purchased in 2006 um myself and my my brother who uh both my brothers we all lived on the same street uh for that once we moved out of our family home and um we were walking out of the bank like acting like we robbed it at four and a half percent because back then four and a half percent it was coming down from six and a half seven was kind of six and a half was kind of the average before that right um and so now to see it at one in 1.6 some even say there's promotional rates out there for like 0.99 0.99 below one percent be very careful of those because those will jump and there's a lot of trends lock yourself look i would even I, I like i tell my clients let's at least look not to say that you have to but let's at least look and consider a 10-year mortgage because a 10-year mortgage right now i think is a little under three percent and so why not like you know even if it's 3.2 3.3 say i'm a little off why not lock that baby up for 10 years and not worry about any fluctuations in the economy in, in terms of what's going to happen with the interest rates. You know what to expect. Um, and it gets your mindset already at thinking of this investment as a, in, in that 10-year window that I spoke about. Because in 10 years, and this is all historical data, this is not, you know, I left my crystal ball at home today. So I, this is yes. not forecasting, it's not me making anything up. The last hundred years in the greater Toronto area, every on average, every decade, prices have doubled. This past, right? Similar there. And so if you now, if I said to you, look, if you look at the last decade and the prices double, that's one thing. And I think that's great history. But when I say to you the last hundred years, that's a massive sample size. I think it's fair to say. If it doesn't double, if it doesn't double, it's going to be very, very close to that. Yeah, sure. And I think, you know, commentators are saying we could have more inflation coming up, more high, higher interest rates. But actually, that can benefit people who borrow money, paying their money back uh, in, in less terms, in terms of inflation. You're paying that money back later on uh, in your favor. Inflation's working and the property at the same time is going up in value because properties go up in value faster during times of inflation as we've seen in the past yeah and not only that i think of it just as a you know as a business as i said it earlier charles like if 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 interest rates go higher and go up which not if when interest rates go up because that's going to happen it actually is for investors not purchasers that are going to live in the property but investors it's amazing because you just have more customers now. Because tenants who were on the fence of buying are not going to be able to afford it because interest rates just went up. So their cost of borrowing, the monthly payment that they're going to have to have on more, uh, for, like their mortgage payment is going to be higher. So what do they do? They rent. And that's actually amazing. Even for people who are going to live in the property, yes, your cost has also gone up. But as long as you think about it in that 10-year window, you're going to outpace. You're going to outpace what the inflation is anyways. I mean, you're you're $50,000 because if you're purchasing a home you don't, and you're going to live in there, then you don't have to do it with 20% down. You can actually buy as low as 5% down. The average is, the average is 10%. That's kind of what we see our clients do. Um, if they're going to be living in it and with your 10, you know, on that 
$700,000 home, that's $70,000. If you just leave that $70,000 in your account, with inflation, you're losing money. Sure. That, that's right. And, and do, you, do you invest in commercial property as well? Do you invest in... Uh, yeah, so we have a commercial division. Um, uh, uh, we have the 41 agents that I spoke about. Out of 41 of them, six of them lead our commercial division. My business partner actually um, kind of handles more of that part of our business. I personally haven't got involved in commercial um, investing only because I like I like the fact with residential, I can A, do it with a little less money because when you go commercial, you got to go as high as 30% down. So it's a little it's a little different. Um, so there's more of a down payment. The, the Now, not to say that I don't look for something, I just haven't invested in commercial. I like the residential side because for me, it just makes, I mean, both have its pros and cons, right? So you got to see what works better for you. For me, I like the fact of dealing with one tenant. It's why I actually, even in my residential, 90% of my investments are, are, are in condos because I'm a lazy investor. I like to like only worry about the one tenant. There's not much that can happen to the unit. Maybe the burner on the stove goes out, the light fixture breaks. Um, there's not much to maintain, and I'm okay with that slow and steady, steady growth um, in, in values. Yeah, because we're seeing a lot of offices now being converted into residential properties here because there's less demand for offices, and city centres are. Uh, look, I say companies are, are making people work from home. We don't know whether that will continue or whether the companies will say, "Look, we want people back in the office where we can." Maybe they'll be more productive, but some city centres look dead at the moment. But that could change. I think I don't think offices are completely dead. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see this one play out, right? Like Google just um, invested a little over a billion dollars in new office space all around North America, um, specifically uh, in the USA. Um, there's they're, they're banking on that. They're going to have people come back now. On the flip side. Facebook and Twitter said, for the rest of your lives, you can work from home. Um, I'm a little bit more, for lack of a better word, bullish um, on the fact that people, that corporations are going to have people come back. So we'll see a hybrid at some point. I, you know, when I don't know, but I guess once the borders start to open up and everyone's va vaccinated, I, 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 I think um, we're going to hear more about this hybrid of a schedule, two days at home, three days at the office, two days yeah. at the office, three days at home, whatever that might be. But I don't think there's any corporation, in my opinion anyways, and, and I've been reading a lot of articles from from like our, our Bay Street, which is um, which is like Wall Street, for example. Um, also our banking industry, like the, 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 we have five, six major banks. Their head offices are here based in, in Toronto. Um, and just reading what they're all saying, that productivity has gone down. I don't think anyone can doubt that productivity has gone down. You don't have the collaboration. You don't have the culture. Um, yes, I know people are like, well, I don't have to drive into work. Like, yeah, but what are you doing? Like, fifty percent of my staff is back. Okay, and 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 because we're deemed as an essential service, fifty percent are 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 back home. These guys and gals, I know they would run through walls for me because I'm just a massive. I work for them. Like, I don't. That's not just cliche stuff I put out there. They know that and you can kind of survey them and and, you'll, and I think they'll say the same thing. However, the 50% that are working from home who would run through walls for me, 
if they tell me that they're working the same way that they're working when they're here, it's a crock of shit. Like they're lying. Like I, they're bullshit. Yeah. Every single one. I love every single one of them. I, yeah. They know how I feel. But I know. And that too, you know, they're my top people. I know they're not working the same way when they're working here. Why? Because they know that I'm just around. I'm easygoing. I don't really check up on anybody. But they know I'm around. They know I got eyes on them if I wanted to, if I cared to. At home, I have no idea what they're doing. I have no clue what they're doing at all. Yeah, they have their... Somebody would say, but Jazz, if you wanted me to get seven seven videos put in or you wanted me to call 67 people, I did that. Yeah, but it just probably wasn't the same. It yeah. just wasn't the same. You weren't able to collaborate. There were, but that 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 teamwork, that that Dynamic. bouncing, yeah. that dynamics, the bouncing bouncing ideas off of each other wasn't there. And that's me at a you know at a uh, uh, at, at a guy who has forty one and eleven support staff, and we're you know we're still a small we're we're definitely still considered a small business. Um, but anybody in that medium and and big scale like these corporations they're probably feeling the effects way more than we are, right? So, because I can actually pick up the phone, it's a lot easier for me to connect with people through Zooms because I don't have as many as them. And so I, I just, there's something in my gut that tells me to go hybrid and then over time, maybe a year from now, and I'm glad this is being recorded because then we can go back. I think from a year from now, we're going to see 80% of the workforce back into the offices because we need to catch up, but like people lost a lot of money, um, and and there's a lot of people who made a lot of money as well. Um, yeah. and, and I just think they're gonna want to have everyone back in the same place. Like, you know, I think a bit like I think of like it's hard for 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 some staff to get promotions. Like, like yeah. you, you know, it's gonna be very tough, right? Because you're at home, like you don't really feel the vibe. You said the you yeah. used the word dynamic. Um, I think the staff is going to want to get back as well, right? So it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, and we, we're supposedly coming out of lockdown over the next few months. Maybe it's the same there. It's like the world is working together. Everyone, each government is doing the same thing. So we, hopefully it'll be a better summer and business will get back to normal. Now, like, I'm sure you're, you're busy. You must have a lot, lot to do. Uh, is, is there any way, how would people get in touch with you? Or how would they find out more about your companies? If they want to, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I really appreciate oh, yeah. that. I really appreciate that, Charles. Um, I'm not that hard to find. I'm all over the place, okay. uh, but probably the best place to go would be uh, uh, Um, Especially if you're a salesperson and a business owner, um, because I do a, a, a bi biweekly newsletter, um, just full full of uh, nuggets. Um, and again, that's not because of bias, I'm saying that. That's just feedback from others. Um, it's a bi-weekly newsletter, jazztacker.ca. Um, there's a place where you can get uh, the newsletter and sign up. Or if you want to kind of get a little taste um, taste of me first, just go to YouTube, search uh, jazztacker, um, J-A-S-T-A-K-H-A-R, and uh, you can yeah. kind of get a, a feel for who I am. Good, good, because you, you put out a lot more content than just uh, real estate. And I know that you, you said that you love sales. You've always loved sales, which most people are nervous about selling. And, and you, you've always loved it. And that, 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 I, I find that refreshing to hear. I, 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 I um, you know, I'm, like I'm truly am getting goosebumps right now. Um, I owe so much to this industry, so much, because it allowed me to be me. It really allowed me to be me because um, I had to just 
connect with people. I, I always enjoyed people. Um, I liked eyes on me, you know, again, the younger of, of three. Yeah. Like you, you, I grew up in this environment where I was kissed and loved so much that as I started growing up, I wanted more of it, right? Um, right. And sales, um, I over time learned how to do it really well which is not a play on words. So I hope people don't people don't take it as this, but to be really good at sales, you need to remove the friction in 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 the process of people doing business with you. Yeah. So to get really good in sales with whatever product or service you have, make it as easy as possible for them to buy and do business with you. Now, yeah, I can come from 57,000 different little tactics and and, and touch points, but that is the mindset that I go into it. I very, very, very rarely close someone. I'm not a good salesperson in that sense. I like to ask a lot of questions and then I give the education and it's like, does this make sense? No, it doesn't, no problem. Do you mind if we follow up and stay in touch? Because it might make sense in six months or it might not. And if you don't want to stay in touch, that's perfectly fine. As I mentioned, there's 6.7 million people in the greater Toronto area. Some will, some won't, some won't. So what? We'll figure it out. You don't need that uh, 50 best closing techniques book. No. <laughs> Close no. that sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's a bunch of books around behind me here. And, uh, you know, now I'm obviously a, more of a podcast listener and audio books. But I don't think I've ever read, before I say this, I want to make sure, but. I don't think I've ever read a sales book in my life. I've divulged books. They're all mindset books. They're the Anthony Robbins, the Jack Canfields, you know, of recent, the Gary V's. Um, but I don't think I've ever read a sales book in all honesty. I, I, I didn't even know they existed. Um, uh -huh. And so it's always been about more about mindset because I truly think it's 80% mindset and it's actually 90% mindset and 10% tactical. You can always figure that stuff out. But if you don't have the attitude that that you're going to get through any obstacle, like if, if you're not going to find a way over it, under it, around it, through it, then who cares about all the tactics that you have? Because you're going to get punched in the face at some point. Do you have it in your stomach to get back up again, right? And so that comes from mindset, not how do I close someone, right? In my opinion, anyways. Sure. Sales, we could talk for six, seven days straight. I won't <laughs> shut up. Like just like I, I, I love, love that industry. It's, it's interesting because you, you you worked in a bank at one stage, and I I did the same thing. I was a financial advisor, and at one stage of my career, I went to work for a bank. And at that time, the bank were changing from just saying we stay behind the counter to you know we're going to go out and sell products. And all the bank staff hated sales. They said, we have to go out and sell now. We weren't brought here to sell. We were just here to serve them. But, and and they, they started getting bank staff to, to, to start selling insurance products. And I was one of the, they called me the outsiders. We were one of the outsiders from the <laughs> We were always the outsiders. But it was interesting how those people that went into sales from the bank never had any experience in sales it's still the old 80-20 rule applied. You know, 20% of them did most of the business and some seemed to, to, to fall into it. But banks had to change. You know, they had to, to become more proactive and that's what they've done. But Yeah, I mean, that, like, 
the the eighty twenty rule um, in in real estate right now is probably ninety five 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 percent of the people do ninety five percent of the business, and, and that's out of sixty five thousand real estate agents in that seventy five kilometer radius I mentioned. Yeah. Right. But yeah. really, only five percent do majority of the business. Why? Because they have, in my opinion, have figured out how to be amazing at follow up. See, if you just follow up with enough people over and over and over again, at one point, the numbers tell you that you'll have enough people who do business with you. I actually got into real estate when I was selling cars um, after banking. I got into real estate because I sold four cars to real estate agents in in a a 30-day period. Three out of the four people, I think English was like their fourth language. Wow. But they were they were doing amazing. Why? Because they were so relentless in following up. That's interesting. Like, follow up. Yeah, yeah. Just follow up. Just follow, like yeah. I have a um, uh, uh, hundred. I think we came out every Wednesday. We come out with a podcast episode on my end, and 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 I think about like one hundred and forty nine episodes. And and I get asked a lot, like, how do you get these guests? The guests that you've had, and I'm like, I'm a sales. Like I've been in sales my whole life. It's all about follow up. That's it. It all like the amount of no's I've heard for me to get on people's podcasts, my team probably reaches out and emails. I don't know how we got connected, but my, 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 my last year in 2020, I was on 69 podcasts. Wow. They reached our 400 to 442 people. Wow. The amount of no's that my team heard and that I heard to get on the 69, but then you have this attitude and this mindset and mentality like, yeah, I'm just closer to the yes. Like, yeah, just keep numbers. chugging along. You, it's just a numbers game in that sense. Right. So that's the sales message today is, is remember yes. the following. A lot of people forget. A lot of small business owners don't realize they have to be good at sales. They, they've got to sell themselves or their business. So so thanks for that message. You're I'm welcome. sure you've probably got loads to do today, uh, Jazz. So uh, anything else you want to say? or? Yeah. Um, look, uh, A, I mean, kudos to you. Kudos to you because um, you're like I, as a fellow content creator, I know how tough it is to yeah. book guests, put out content, and more important, and most importantly, put yourself out there. It's tough. You get, you know, uh, some like you, some might not like you, and some don't really care about you, but you still keep on doing it. And so, congratulations yeah. to you um, because we definitely need more positivity out in the world, and it's. Uh, it's the virus that I like anyways. And so um, congratulations yeah. to you. Thank you. And, and thanks for, for reaching out, for your team to reaching out to me and coming on this podcast. And you're a very busy person. And I, I love your messages and keep keep going. Keep, as you said, your cup's full and it's runneth over. And now you're, you're passing on to other people, which is great. So thanks very much, Jazz. Thank you. Really means a lot. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 